All right, guys, welcome to another episode of Controversial Call. Ooh, let me turn my headphones down because I was hearing my voice, and I do not have a voice for radio, but hey, I try. So welcome to another episode of Controversial Call. Guys, we have we still only have two here. Uh, we got Tim back, ah, yes. <laughs> but we lost Caleb. So, dude, so when you were gone, there were uh, it was a week with me and Caleb, and then the next week on Tuesday morning, I got an email like, "Hey, do sermon prep this week for First Samuel seventeen and First Peter one three through nine. And go ahead and send that in ASAP. I was like, whoa, for, for Grace, for the interview process. I was like, good. I was like, ah, Caleb, I don't think I'll be able to make it. So I missed one week and we didn't record at all. And then uh, we were back last week. We talked a little bit about drafting the Masters. Dude, did you, did you hear about the Masters at all? Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, just the way time worked over there. Uh, Every morning I woke up, the Masters rounds just finished. So I, like, would get, like, these breaking. And so I did not expect. Uh, <laughs> I think it was it was Monday morning for me. Yeah. Sunday afternoon for you guys. Uh, when I woke up Monday morning, that all of a sudden I saw Tiger Woods won. And I was kind of, like, inside I kind of wanted him to win. Like, yeah, I absolutely. Like, kind of cool. I was, too. And, uh... But I thought, like the day before, I think he was two under. He was at he was at eleven. Yeah. Under two back. Yep. And I just thought it was going to be the typical Tiger of recent, you know, where he might yeah. choke. Yep. But it ended up being like the other guys choking. Dude, so. it, it was Tiger of old. So let, let me just break it down for you real quick. He bogeyed in the mm-hmm. front nine, and I know you guys have already heard this, and you probably don't want to hear it again. But that's how I like the I like golf, so we're going to talk about it. So, That's fine. I like it. So he bogeyed in the front nine. After he bogeyed in the front nine, he didn't bogey for the rest of the time. On hole 12, the leader, Malinari, he double bogeyed because that's that little par three, and it rolled back into the water. Oh, I saw the highlights. Yep, there, yeah. so he double bogeyed there, and then I believe it was on 14, he double bogeyed again because it went back into the water uh, on a par four. And with that, Tiger took the lead, and he didn't look back after that. So, it, it, dude, it was yeah. it was impressive. It was like, whoo, boy, this is the Tiger Woods. I, I, was hearing, I was hearing hype about the Tiger effect, you know, guys choking and all that stuff. And the, the, the multitudes, you know, dude. Jesus going around Nazareth and stuff, just following him from hole to hole. Dude, it's crazy. It, it was true. And I think I said this last week, but there's nobody in the game of golf that if you're younger than – 35 I'd say 35 is probably the cutoff line you haven't really played in the like in the fishbowl with Tiger and anybody that hasn't played in the fishbowl with Tiger and they're like oh yeah I'll be fine on a Sunday with Tiger Woods in the lead or near the lead no you won't you will crumble and they all do I remember Dustin Johnson Rory Jordan Spieth every time even if it's a small like the Valspar Championship when it's something small like that, they just crumble underneath uh, mm-hmm. that fishbowl that Tiger plays in, and it's nuts. So, and, and this is this is only good for the game of golf because for like the past couple of years since he's come back, there's been kind of like, oh, you know, Tiger's playing. Yeah. But now there's validation to the question that used to be, can he win another major? Now we have. Yep. And now it's just going to be like, all right, can now he make? I think he's. Three from tying. Three from tying. Three from breaking. Yeah. So now it's just going to add that hype. 
Dude, so, it's so, good. It's so, someone asked the question, will he break Roger Federer's record for major championships? What does what Federer have? I think 20 or 21. Oh. I mean, he can come close, but he's got to play some really good golf for a few years. <laughs> true, true. I mean, I think, I imagine you can play golf longer than you can play tennis. Absolutely. At an elite level. Yes. Um, so. Yeah, I think he's so. He's already older than Federer anyway, but anyway. Yeah, but only by like a year or two. Federer's old, man. The fact that he's playing that well, that old, is way better than, may I say, Tom Brady. Oh. <laughs> well, comparatively speaking with their sports, the physical, the physicality that's required in the different sports, Yeah. what Brady's doing at 40 is, coming on 41 is just ridiculous. I, I will say this, though, but Brady, while he does get hit, he gets sacked, it's the easiest position to play until you're 40 where Roger Federer has no, like, the full physicality of tennis Roger has to do at his age, if that makes sense. And, and, and the rule changes and such have kind of... Oh, yeah, absolutely. position and such. Absolutely. Now, I do believe getting sacked is a lot worse than a lot of other tackles you can get because you're just standing up there, not, Dude. you're looking the other way. <laughs> you get destroyed. Just being blindsided, <laughs> it, it still hurts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, well, dude, it's good to have you back. Um, it's good to be back. Yeah. Caleb learned how not to cr- crunch his ice. Like, he learned the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> so that was awesome. helpful. But, yeah, guys, Tim was in the Philippines for quite some time uh, where his mom was born and raised. And so he got to visit that. Dude, how was it? Uh, it was good. Uh, I was there for about two weeks. Overall time I was gone was like two and a half. It could take like two days to travel there. Yeah. Uh, long flights. Like the longest flight was 13 hours from San Francisco to Taipei. Mm. Uh, but it was a great opportunity. I got to speak um, at one of our missionary churches we have over there the first Sunday. Dude, awesome. Um, that was great. And actually uh, one of my relatives uh, got saved there. They came down to visit us. Dude, nice. Uh, in the city. Yeah, so that was you know great blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spent some time in the city. The city's called Cebu. It's not it's not as big as Manila, but it's, it's a big city. Absolutely. Uh, I'll never complain about traffic ever again in my life. <laughs> uh, it is absolutely horrid. I never want to see a moped ever again in my life. Like, Don't come up to Greenville, like, baby. Don't come up to they're, Greenville. They're, they're like ants, man. They're going everywhere. It's crazy. Dude. Um, but then I spent about a week in my mom's hometown is called Isabel on the island of Leyte. Yeah. Um, it is what you would, it's a lot poorer. It's what you would expect, like the third world part of yeah. the Philippines to look. And uh, it was just good. It's been 20 years uh, since I've been there. Wow. It's kind of weird that I'm old enough now to say it's been 20 years Whew. since I've, you know, done something. Anything, yeah. And, and uh, so it was good just to kind of see the family there and just have a better appreciation for it. Yeah, absolutely. And we, had, we did like a medical mission there one day we have a doctor that came in we saw over three 230 people and uh, had several salvations and obviously were able to uh give medicine and uh, they even let me remove a cyst that nice. was kind of cool nice. we gotta cut some stuff up there <laughs> i don't know are you are you bothered by blood or anything dude like that? i'm not bothered by blood no yeah so you probably could have done it as well it wasn't wasn't that hard it was like dissecting a cat but uh yeah baby dude i would i would have enjoyed a cyst i'm not gonna lie would have been uh, would have been nice. I would have made sure to make a video so people would watch it on Facebook. I do have videos, but I haven't posted. You know, I'm trying to be more sensitive to. Dude, uh, 
the queasy. You, you're a good man. Um, if you want to go viral, post uh, opening up a cyst or popping a zit, and you'll go viral like that. Oh. <laughs> so I guess that's what we need to do with this podcast. We, we need to get a live stream of the zit poppage. Uh, yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm past that age. Dude, same. Uh, I, I never had, had that age. That problem. That was my brother Chris. Same, was, uh, same. All my family uh, had it too. I hope they're not listening, but if they are, sorry, you guys did. <laughs> they okay, had it. Megan, Megan had it. Oh, know. Judas Priest. I wasn't going to name names, man, but yeah, <laughs> dude, if she listens to this, we're both getting a text message and we're both in trouble. <laughs> yeah, dude, they had the oh, alcohol boy. pads and everything, like scrubbing down the face, and I'm just like. Uh, I can remember a handful of times of having two zits on my face, and I ju- we just lost probably all of our followers due to jealousy. Oh my word! <laughs> and it's okay. I-, I don't even care. But dude, I'm gonna take care of a little business real quick, uh, a little sponsorship biz. So yeah. guys, reminder: um, if you've been listening to our show, we are sponsored by Happy Camper Coffee Roasters, Matt Tracy. He crushes it in the coffee realm. He, I just got some this week. Excellent coffee. Actually has a sweet, a little bit of a sweetness to it um, from some licorice that he used with it. And it is out of this world, guys. Great coffee. If you're a coffee snob or you just like coffee, this is definitely the way to go. Um, reminder, that is happycamper.coffeeroasters at gmail.com. Make sure to message him, tell him controversial call sent you so you can get a discount. Again, that is happycamper.coffeeroasters at gmail.com. All right, so we got the biz out of the way. I'm sure Matt's going to get all the business in the world. We're all going to get rich off of this, just like Tim and I and Caleb have already gotten rich off of controversial call. Yeah. So, yeah, dude, we're just making all the money everywhere. But let's start off with, we didn't go over the NBA playoffs much at all last week, and I'm sure there are some fans that were like, yo, what's up? What's up with that? And I I totally get it, guys, but sorry, the Masters was bigger. I had to make sure to tell Caleb that I was right about Virginia. BT-dubs, I was right about Virginia, just so you know. Okay. Uh, I I knew that. I knew that. Okay, gotcha. All right, just making sure Tim now knew that I was right about Virginia, um, because I'm that arrogant. I, I think this was the first time I didn't have any Final Four team. If I'm thinking, yeah, I think this was the first time, no Final Four. Dude, uh, this is my first time since UNC with Tyler Hansborough, that UNC team. Um, first time I chose the champion right since him. So I did that the same year, actually. Yeah, Ty Lawson. Yeah, yeah, dude, that, that team was sick. And so I, I picked them to win the championship. That's the last time I picked the champions since, uh, well, Virginia was the first time I picked the champion since uh, that North Carolina team. But that is neither here nor there. Let's go to the NBA playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to start off really quick with Boston and what they're doing uh, and what they did to the Pacers. Pacers are actually a pretty good team. Now I'll give it to the Pacers. They were down Victor Oladipo. They have been all year, but they're well coached and they're good good ball clubs. So they still played well. Um, they, they, sorry, let me rephrase that. They played well through the year. Boston took care of business, took care of business, uh, and, and swept the Pacers. So with that being said, 
Boston fans shut up. And you're like, what? What are you telling Boston fans to shut up for being an Indian Pacer fan? That has nothing to do with it. This whole year, all you guys did was complain about your coach, Brad Stevens, who is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Like, he's doing – Kyrie's a really good ball player. Don't get me wrong. But he's doing it with – he's maximizing each player. Remember, he turned Isaiah Thomas into Kyrie Irving. Literally, he traded Isaiah Thomas for Kyrie Irving. He did that. Like, he is a phenomenal coach. And all I heard this year was, oh, Brad Stevens, not as good as what we thought. Brad Stevens this, Brad Stevens that. I'm like, are, are you smoking something? Are you just that impatient that you guys have a slump during the regular season? Who cares? That you're like, oh, Brad Stevens, uh, you're no good anymore. Well, you guys are wrong. You guys are typical Boston fans. And you just need to shut up and enjoy it until – if you don't shut up, he's going to leave. I'm just saying. He will be gone if you don't shut up and quit being annoying like this. And when he does leave, because you guys are obnoxious and you guys start losing and start sucking, that's y'all's problem. Because, honestly, outside of Greg Popovich, coaching, when it comes to coaching, he's the next best coach in, oh, yeah, definitely. in, 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 bas- in basketball. In basketball, if he was if he was in the college game, not coaching at Butler, coaching anywhere but Butler, he would make Coach K look like second fiddle, and I'm fully confident mm-hmm. in that. So, but college college basketball is a different absolutely today mm-hmm. because it's all about recruiting. Yeah, absolutely. Be a better X's and O's, but but yeah. it's not all about recruiting because look at Texas Tech and Virginia, not about recruiting, all about X's and O's. And then look at Duke losing in the final four. Final four? Final four, yeah. Yeah, they lost yeah, yeah, they lost in the final four to uh Texas Tech, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness, guys, sorry. No, they didn't make the final four. They lost in the they Elite Eight? Yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Like, oh my goodness. It was a disappointment that that Dude. team did not even make the final four. Oh man, seeing all the show prep we put in here at Controversial Call. Michigan State, Michigan State. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Thank you. Idiot. So, Brad Stevens, soon to be the best coach in all of basketball, best X's and O's, gets the most out of mm-hmm. every single player. That's that's what I love is that he can get the most out of every single player. Haven't seen somebody do it like him since Bob Knight. Bob Knight got the most out of every every single player. Like all five people on the floor, always you always got 100% from those guys. You know, you get a little turmoil this year, and then all the Boston fans are like, oh, man, our, our coach stinks. To all of you that said he was good, you were wrong. Well, Boston fans, you're wrong. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just talking on emotion. So just shut up. Enjoy your coach. Enjoy this time. Uh, enjoy Danny Ainge and how smart he is. Enjoy Brad Stevens because when Brad Stevens leaves, good luck finding another coach like him because they're not out there. Mm-hmm. So well, I don't, I don't think uh, Brad Stevens is going to leave anytime soon. Uh, I, have, I haven't heard much of that Brad Stevens talk like you're, you're saying right now, but I did. I, I kind of first saw this happening to Boston this year, just some struggles, just because they took a team without those all those studs yeah. all the way to the brink of the finals and then there's all this excitement now we're adding Hayward now we're adding yep. Kyrie and now and I just knew it was going to take time a bunch of you know testing things out to actually 
mesh that to be a co you know a, a cohesive unit that can win. Absolutely. And then Hayward is now finally looking like he's getting healthy. Oh like man, he looks nice. I think at the right time, and yeah. he's coming off the bench. So Boston is dangerous. I actually I'm more excited about some of the things in the East than the West right now. Dude. I'm kind of disappointed because the biggest matchup in the West is going to happen in this next round. Who? I'm kind of disappointed by that. But the East is going to be a little more exciting. Uh, next round, who are you talking about in the West? I, I think I know who you're talking about. Just are you talking about Golden State and Houston? Yeah, they're go- they're going to be in the second round. They're not the Western. Yeah, Conference yeah, yeah. Conference. Okay, that's what I thought. I was just making sure that's who you're talking about. Yeah, I mm-hmm. mean. That's going to be the biggest thing in the Western Conference, but I think it's hot garbage. Like, Houston is no good. And, um, okay, sorry, guys. When I say no good, that's probably an exaggeration. My bad. Like, like don't come out on social media and just hang me for that one. Um, when I say Houston's no good, I mean comparatively to Golden State Warriors and compared to what they were last year, I don't think they're – I don't think they would beat last year's Houston Rocket team in seven games. Like – Houston this year versus Houston last year would not beat Houston last year in seven-game series. So, And Golden State's just as good, probably a little bit better because of Boogie Cousins. Um, dude, I, I know what you mean. The East does look more exciting. It, it is more exciting to watch uh, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Kawhi Leonard and Toronto Raptors, uh, I'm looking forward to see what they do. Uh, I, I think uh, They have the easy path because – Milwaukee's playing Boston. That's Dude, going to be a I tough know. one. Dude, so you're looking forward to that series then? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm interested to see because um, they're both well-coached. Yeah, abs- oh, uh, absolutely. They're both well-coached. I'm interested to see how Giannis comes out. Um, obviously, I think Boston is more talented. They're deeper. Yeah. Um, but Better. obviously, the other team has the freak. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah they do. It'll be an exciting. I think it will go at least. Games. Yeah, so you got Boston winning that round. That then. Oh, Woo. oh now. <laughs> if, if 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 they play to their to their best ability, they're deeper. They're more talented. I would say yes. Boston should win that. All right. I'm, um. I say yeah, I'll go with that. I'll, okay, you, you going with Boston for sake of argument? I'll go with Milwaukee, um, mm-hmm. because I just yelled at Boston fans. And they'll yell back at me because they lost to Milwaukee and blah, 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 blah. Uh, Milwaukee, the reason for picking them, uh, they are well coached. They're not better coached, but they are well coached. I think that's a great thing. And I think the freak makes is the biggest game changer on the court at all times. Um, He'll be the best athlete on the court, yeah. Yes, and, and I think the biggest game changer, like including for everybody that Boston has, Kyrie Irving's a great game changer. I just think... The Greek Freak is more of a game changer, the, the biggest game changer on the court for his team um, and the other team. So I, I think he's the most impactful player in this series. I think he takes over the series, and I think you're going to see some drop-off. The, the Greek Freak plays great defense. That's what people forget. And I think we're going to see uh, Milwaukee have some disruptive D against Boston. And maybe they won't be able to handle it as well as they did against the Pacers, who didn't have their superstar or their star in Victor Oladipo. Um, so go, going with with Milwaukee in that series, uh, switching over to the Western Conference real quick. You're talking about Golden State and Houston. What what do you see coming out of that series? 
Uh, a lot of scoring. A lot of threes, a lot yeah. of scoring. Uh, Houston's part is going to be the usual. You see a lot of ISO with uh, Harden and stuff. And uh, uh, I'm sure there will be some highlights at one point where somebody shows that he took three steps on a three or something like oh, that. Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, and he does yeah. that often. But I, I, I think Golden State is going to pull it out. Uh, KD, you know, is the best. he's going to be the best player in that series. Harden, he can score, but obviously defense is lacking. Um, but I'd say that doesn't go any more than six. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say it doesn't go more than six either. I could see a sweep here, honestly. If Golden, yeah. if Golden State goes full throttle, I, I could see an easy sweep. Like, mm-hmm. easy sweep here uh, because Golden State's so loaded. Again, I'll still go with Kevin Durant. Uh, is still playing the easiest basketball of his career. So, since he's not being relied on, you'll see a free, loose Kevin Durant because he's only single-teamed, maybe sometimes double-teamed, but if he's double-teamed, they get burnt. So, it's not a good double-team. It's a double-team with always in the back of your mind of, crap, are we still going to get burnt even though I'm double-teaming Kevin Durant? Yeah. And so... Here's the... Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. The thing is, like, even though Golden State has... It seems like they're going to lose Boogie Cousins for the rest of the playoffs, or at least a good amount. So yeah. he probably won't even be there the next series. All right. You still got all those players now. Yeah, absolutely. They don't, their bench isn't that strong, but like the other night, it was Clay Thompson that went off. The night before that, it could be KD. The night, the night after that, it could be Steph. It's it's ridiculous. You notice it took us uh, four minutes of talking about Golden State Warriors before we even got to Steph Curry, who's the most yeah. <laughs> who's the most valuable player on that team. Hands down. Mm-hmm. Beca- why? Because he can carry a team to a championship. Why? Because I've seen him do it. He did it. Cleveland Cavaliers against the Cleveland Cavaliers. It was, it was incredible. He carried his team to a championship. Kevin Durant rode along with him to a championship. That's it. That's all Kevin Kevin's ever done. That's why the homeboy's still on Twitter validating his rings with teenagers. So He's going he's gonna to continue to be petty. Oh, Tim, did we lose you? Unless he leaves and goes somewhere else, he's going to be validating whatever. Oh, absolutely. It's just just by nature. I'm totally Um, fine with you winning with multiple people. That's the game. Like, uh, let's go back to the Celtics back in the day. You had... Celtics, LeBron with the Heat. Yeah. um, Well, I'm talking Celtics all the way in the 70s, 80s. Then then the Lakers in the 80s. And then in the 90s, you have the Bulls, who were not a one-man team. 2000s, you had San Antonio. 2000s, you had the Lakers, who were in a one-man team. Uh, the Pistons, even though they only won one championship, they were still they dominated the East for years. That's because they were a, a deep team. So you're going to have to have people. I get that. I totally get that. I do not blame LeBron James for going to the Heat. But the, what, the, what Kevin Durant did with Golden State Warriors was, as the young ones say, next level, uh, extra, and, and yeah, all of that. Like, how, how many teams can you remember in recent memory that can say their starting five are all all stars? Yeah, exa- exactly. All, all all star caliber players. It's ridiculous. When when in history do we remember that happening? Like, I'd say the '90s Bulls was pretty close, very close because they had great GM work. So kudos to them. Like your GMs rock. Uh, but. I think that's as close as we're going to get. So, honestly, the gold, I'm just going to be honest, the Golden State-Houston series does not attract me at all. 
Like it's not one where I'm like, oh, I cannot wait to sit down and watch um, the Golden State Punks play James Harden. It does not interest yeah. me at all. It, and bringing them up, we're actually doing a little comparison today. Uh, compare what you think about KD and James Harden as players, as individuals carrying their team, j- just in the uh, on the player side. I don't player, I don't okay. care about attitude uh, size. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, as players, as basketball players, I think KD at this time in the playoffs, um, he is the he is the most talented, best player in the in the league right now. Because LeBron's not in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll give you that. I'll give he, you that. He, he's great defensively. He can score from anywhere. Uh, because people don't realize it because they have all these all-stars, but Golden State's actually very good at moving the ball. Very good. people touches. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand that KD, if he wanted to, could at any time say, give me the rock, and he could still win games for Golden State. Absolutely. Um, James Harden... Yeah, he can score a ton. He's great at it. Um, it's ridiculous how he can just not even move two feet and just kind of dribble in one spot and then decide, all right, I feel like pulling up right now with a guy in his face. And he's yep. just making – it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, but when it comes down to defensively, obviously he's lacking. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, and with their style of play, Houston, the style of play they – they um, they seed to James Harden, where it's just ball dominant a lot of times. Yeah. It, sometimes it doesn't make for pretty basketball. Like sometimes I hate watching it because it's like dribble at the top of the three, uh, four seconds left in the clock, drive in. If there's no layup, you do this bailout pass and hope someone can hit an open three. Yep. It's not pretty to look at, and it, it's not going to win you all the games. Mm-hmm. Now when he's making all his shots, yeah, he can win you games, but. They got lucky the other day when he started 0 of 15. Yeah. And they still won that game against Jazz. Against Golden State, if he goes 0 of like 7 to start a game, they're going to lose that game against Golden State. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Now, I, if you want to talk like attitudes and stuff, I mean, they're the same. The whole, I don't know why Kevin Durant is always so. Like you mentioned it earlier, always having to validate himself. It's like, you're the best player in the league right now. Why do you Petty. have I'm like, these guys are tweeting from their grandma's basement or something like that. And, you know, they're probably like a mailman or something. No offense to any mailman that are listening to this podcast. But it's like, look where you were at in life. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of petty. It's kind of like, dude, come on, have some perspective. It's, I, I don't want to say it's immature because he's a grown man and stuff, but it, it can be kind of immature. In some respects, but there's a lot of people in the NBA like that. I don't want to say it, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> That's what I just heard. <laughs> it's like, dude, look how look how good you got. Look how successful you are. You don't yeah. have to prove yourself to anyone. You've proved it already. Yeah. Um, when it comes to being a winner, I mean, I don't think he's proved it. Uh, when it comes to being a champion, he hasn't proved it to me. Uh, he knows that. That's why he is so petty. And dude, he used to be the nice kid, and then he got yeah. that foot injury. Yeah. And everybody called him soft and called him this and called him that. And, and he came back like a jerk. Like, that's the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, if you listen, one, thanks. Two, I don't care. I'm still going to call you a jerk because you're a punk, dude. So like, he, it is what it is. Like, uh, 
there's better guys in the NBA, guys I will cheer for more than Kevin Durant and James Harden. James Harden is a flop machine, too. He's turning he's turning this into soccer. And, oh. oh, I'm sorry, soccer people. My bad. But that's what he's turning it into. It's turning into flop city, and it's frustrating. So, basically, my comparison of the two is I don't like either. Um, they're both – they're both talented in the aspect of scoring. I mean, obviously, Kevin Durant's the better ball player. But these guys, uh, there's, there's something else. Uh, that's what I'm going to go with. You good, Tim? Michael, my headphone set just, like, died on me. I had to put on a different one here. Oh, man. There we go, dude. It's like easy transition. If I don't say anything, nobody knows. But, hey, that doesn't make mm-hmm. for good radio. We, we like good radio. We like to... Uh, uh, no edits, live, just everything mm-hmm. we do here. So we go to another conf- uh, another round in the Western Conference that has not finished up yet. OKC versus the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers are up 3-1 right now. And the big comparison I want to give here is Russell Westbrook versus Damian Lillard. Who do you take to start your team? You have to start your team. Who do you take? Damian Lewis. Oh, in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Uh, I love, I actually like Russell's game a lot. Um, I mean, other than those times even where he has his moments like the other night where he's like, next question, I think he handles himself pretty good other than those moments. Uh, He's a, a, at times when I watch him play, he's like the guy I would hate to play against because he's like. Oh, absolutely. 100% 100 all the time. You know, it's just like, dude, slow down. But you would love him on your team. So oh, I yeah. love that aspect of his game, but I think it's also hindering uh, his team and it hinders his production. Yeah. Like sometimes he's going faster than he should and it, he makes mistakes. Absolutely. Um, and uh, Dame, though, Damien, he, he, he's just as athletic. Okay, maybe not as explosive, but he's just as athletic. He makes great decisions more often and he's a good shooter. Oh, That's absolutely. something Russ is with, uh, missing a lot is the shooting ability right now and yeah. he's at a point in his career i don't know if he's going to develop that anymore he's no, going I don't think too so. far along so. so i would definitely start my team with Dan. yeah so you guys can't see this because again we're doing good radio and you can't see anything i brought i brought my mic up to my face because the russell westbrook question just oh man it, it gets me and and i i would pick damien any day over the any day of the week over Russ. And the reason why is I don't mind emotion. I don't mind cockiness. I don't mind arrogance and confidence. Actually, I kind of like Baker Mayfield. Actually, I kind of like... I like 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 Baker Mayfield a lot. Why? Because Baker Mayfield has swag, and then he has arrogance towards his team. Not himself, but towards his team. And people are like, oh, he's arrogant himself. Yes, he is, but he funnels that arrogance towards his team. It's like you could make fun of Baker, and he's just going to laugh you off, and he might throw one right at you to burn you and let you know. But if you talk about Baker's offensive line, it's game game over. Yeah, exactly. It's game over. You don't talk about his offensive line. You don't do anything to his team. You don't talk about his practice squad player. 
Like, you don't. Even if he hates that guy, if he's wearing a Browns jersey and he's on the practice squad, doesn't matter what it is, and you pick on him, and it's not Baker picking on him, Mm -hmm. oh, it's game over. I love that confidence. But but Russell does not have that. Russell is all about himself, and you see it on the floor. Like, everything is about him and not his team. That's why he... He averages a triple-double for the last three years, and they haven't done crap with it. A triple-double for the last three years and haven't done crap with it because you chase after those stats. It's obvious. We watch the chasing going on. We watch the games, Russell. The selfishness is clear. I would take Damian Lillard any day over the week. And for the simple fact that he's not selfish like Russell Wilson. Now, I will say the putback to that comment, obviously people are going to bring up, is that he chose to stay in OKC. Don't care. You know, <laughs> the, the nature of a triple-double means you're dishing out assists to your teammates. Now, I do agree there have been moments during that run where I see that he does chase those stats. Yeah. And such. The same with Harden this year when he was on that 30-point-a-game uh, streak. Like, there were times where their team was out of the game, Mm -hmm. and they would keep him in until he got that 30 and then take him out. Like, there would be no reason for him to stay in. Absolutely. They would just keep him in. Um, But overall, yeah, I agree with – obviously, we agree when it comes to the Dame thing. Yeah. And I love the Baker analogy. Uh, Obviously, I think he's a knucklehead because he (laughs) says some dumb stuff, but he has swag, and he has that team. Yeah. He has that team. Yeah, exactly. So I am interested in that. Yeah, and I, I can deal with arrogance if you're arrogant about your team. Uh, I think that's pretty awesome. If you're like, yeah. hey, screw everybody else except for my team, that's the ultimate form of awesome arrogance, is I guess the best way to put it. Right. I, yeah. I would want to block for that quarterback. I would want to punch somebody for that quarterback. I would want to run through a wall for a quarterback like that. Even though he's arrogant – even though he probably can get on people's nerves. But when you see that arrogance towards the team, and if Russell could just train that arrogance towards his team instead of himself, I think it would do wonders for, for the team. So mm-hmm. with that, guys, that hey, we gave you some NBA playoffs. We're 35 minutes into the show, and we gave you NBA playoffs. But we have there something we else coming up in the sports world this week. It's the NFL Draft. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, dude. amen, amen. Dude, I cannot wait. All right, really quick, you weren't here last week when we talked about the number one pick. We talked about Kyler Murray. Um, dude, what, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts about Kyler Murray, number one pick, Arizona Cardinals, Josh Rosen, and all that stuff? Um, I do believe he's going to be the number one pick. I think uh, Cliff Kingsbury has been wanting him for like seven years now. <laughs> um, and, and, and Arizona's in the position, I think, um, and I kind of think there's a couple teams in the bottom where it, when your team is, I don't want to say bad enough, but where it's like, yeah. where you're not, you know, you're probably not going to win anything this coming year. Do you choose to draft the best available or do you draft by need or, yeah. you know, you got a new coach or you're trying to, hey, this is the kind of offense I want to run and this guy's going to do a whole lot better running that than this guy. Yeah. Now, it's going to be interesting because if they do pick him number one, they're going to get something for Josh Rosen. Oh, absolutely. You know, a, a number 10 pick last year. They're going to get something. They're going to get value back from that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think he is going to go. I like him. I know some people might not like him Rosen. or think he's short or 
you know, I think his stats are bloated, obviously, playing in the oh, in Kyler. his conference gotcha, gotcha. that he played in, of course. Yeah. But I think just watching him play, um, he he's smart. The ball comes off his hand. Quick. With just it just it's amazing for how small he is. You wouldn't expect yeah. him to throw the ball like it just comes off his hand like a rocket. He's a baseball player. And, um, yeah, I like him because I see him as Deshaun Watson and uh, Russell Wilson, people that might have been characterized as running quarterbacks. Yeah, but they they're not run first. They're yeah. What what can I do? What can I use my running to help my team win? Not just to run for a first down. So I was pretty hard on him last week. And then I was like, uh-huh. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go watch some tape because I, I want to see the accuracy. I, I want to see if that accuracy is there or if his wide receivers were just wide open. He has some incredible accuracy on the ball. Mm-hmm. Ac- his release and accuracy and touch on the ball reminds me of Drew Brees. Oh wow, that's good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I saw that and I was like, oh man, he's really got the touch on the ball, like. The complicated route tree, Lincoln Riley. There's one thing you can you cannot say about him, and you cannot say that he does not have complicated route trees. Like if you come out of Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley, you can throw, uh-huh. you can make every throw in the book. And yeah. I was really hard on Kyler last week. I was like Big Twelve this, Big Twelve that. I know I was wrong about Baker last year, but I'm right about Kyler this year. I'm not saying he's going to be Drew Brees. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm mm-hmm. saying is. I don't think there's ever been a quarterback in NFL history, including Michael Vick, with his elusiveness and his quickness and speed. Just yeah, just how he moves is insane. Yeah. He runs he runs like Reggie Bush and throws like Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. And ten years ago, if you asked anybody, it's like, hey, if you got the perfect quarterback, what would it be like? Yeah, running like Reggie Bush with that stop and go and that elusiveness. Yeah. And Reggie Bush of USC and then the arm of Drew Brees, like that accuracy that's just crazy. It, it's incredible. And I, I've never been on the short bandwagon. Like, that doesn't bother me because he plays behind an offensive line just as big as any offensive line in the NFL. Remember his left tackle? Uh, was it? Did he have Orlando Brown this year? Oh, no, no, that was last year. My bad. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Misinformation. Orlando Brown's already gone. But. His tackles, look, you're looking at 6'6", 6'6", 6'5", on the guards, 6'3", mm-hmm. on the center. Plenty tall. That's what he's going to have in the NFL. Yeah. I think while there's reports that there's a possibility Kyler Murray might not go number one, they might just want to stick with Josh Rosen. Um, I think until you shore up that offensive line, actually Kyler Murray is a better option for you. Yeah. That, that that right there, he is a better option for you because until you shore up that offensive line, he has the elusiveness to make plays like Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. Russell Wilson has done it his entire career. He literally won a Super Bowl with a trash offensive line. So, mm-hmm. And a good defense. It, it, yeah, rock-solid defense. Uh, yeah. Kudos. And, but that offensive line was absolutely trash, and it has been mm-hmm. ever since Pete Carroll's been there. It's just Russell Wilson can run around. So I look, go back. I'm basically going back on what I said last week because I watched some more film. I actually did do prep on Kyler Murray, and I was like, man, the, the dude has some accuracy. And that's the number one thing I look for when I'm looking at an NFL quarterback. It's like, 
what's the accuracy like? That's why with the Duke guy, I'm like, eh, I'm not a huge eh. fan of him. The or, Duke guy is mostly because he's the prototypical yeah, dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, and there's nobody else. Yeah, exactly. Body-wise, he's Trevor Lawrence, but that's about it. And everybody wants that Trevor Lawrence body type. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and accuracy is always a good point because of the college game. Obviously, receivers are always so wide open, and these schemes uh, make it so. So sometimes the quarterback's numbers are definitely um, just inflated. Yeah. But uh, – you know, sometimes I think about just, like, how blessed some individuals are compared to, like, myself, and you think about <laughs> Kyler Murray, you know, and it's like, you know, there's never been any other player, think of this, there's never been any other player that has been drafted in the top ten of two major sports leagues. Or, or you know, in the first probably round. Gonna go, huh? Or in the first round. Yeah, in the top ten yeah. picks. That's, That's nuts. crazy. He was number nine in MLB most likely number one. I, it's, crazy. it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, whatever. So I'm going to throw a little curveball at you in the first round. Okay. If you need to think of it for a second, that's fine. I'll go with my pick. Um, okay. Who do you see as being the one guy who drops? Who, maybe they don't drop, they're just lower in the first round, that you're like, that's a stupid idea to let him drop that far. Who in the first round do you see, and you're like, all right, all the mock drafts have him down here, uh, uh, but I think he should definitely be way up there. In, in all honesty, um, this has been like one of the first years where I haven't been as into the draft. Well, I, just the whole Philippines trip oh, yeah, took me out of a lot of research. But the one I've kind of been seeing that if you saw at the beginning of the year, and the name will definitely ring a bell, yeah. um, where he's positioned at right now is Ed Oliver. Dude, absolutely. Um, at the that. beginning of these mock drafts that I've seen this stuff come out, and because of the kind of year he had towards the end, he was actually uh, uh, past the top ten. Yeah. Which, at the beginning of the year, That's... he was like a number one Heisman candidate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I still think he has that ability. People were thinking he was going to be like the second coming of Aaron Donald. I don't think he's that, but I still think – you don't want to pass up on that talent. Yeah, that absolutely. guy, if you need to get a D-tackle, he's the D-tackle to get. And I've seen a couple of recent ones. He's been kind of moving back up. But, like, when I saw in the initial uh, mock draft, they had the Vikings. I saw in a couple. We're number 18, getting him at 18, which we don't need him. We need the offensive line. That's what we need. <laughs> so. But, yeah, dude, that, that's a good pick because I've seen Ed Oliver drop too, and I'm like, only idiots are dropping Ed Oliver. Stupid yeah. people are dropping Ed Oliver, and if you do pass on him, it's dumb. I'm going to go with somebody who's just expected to go lower in the draft, um, Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. He, oh, yeah. yeah, he's expected to, like, a lot of people have him going around the Colts at 25, uh, 26, anywhere from 22 to 32 going to the Patriots. That's where people have him right now. I'm just like, if you have, if you have average linebackers, Prepare for them to be Pro Bowl linebackers because Dexter Lawrence is going to swallow up two offensive linemen easy. Easy. And if you don't, mm-hmm. and if he doesn't, then he will get to the quarterback because he's that fast, even though he's 340 pounds. Dexter Lawrence is dropping. This, this mock draft has him going to the Colts, which, by the way, if the Colts pick him, that would be the smartest move they could ever make. Dexter Lawrence, uh. with, with that linebacker behind him, 
already flying around and being an all-pro linebacker who didn't go to the Mm -hmm. Pro Bowl. Riddle me that, NFL. But they already have him from last year. You get Dexter Lawrence swallowing up two offensive linemen consistently like a beast, it's game over. I'm sorry. You said the Colts. When are the Colts picking? Uh, Number 26. Also, did they trade away a pick or something like that? or? Because obviously they should have been higher than that, right? No, nah, man. Playoffs and everything. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm thinking of last year. But my yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they ended up getting an offensive line last year, Quentin Nelson. And, uh, oh, that guy. I love that dude, guy. Good night. Dude's a beast. He went from, I love how he just drives people in the ground. Dude, all that work. Yeah, he, he's an animal. He, went, he, he was graded as the best guard in the NFL this year as a rookie. It's He's nuts. Amazing. Dude, he yeah. is. I loved watching him at Notre Dame. By the way, guys, I'm a Notre Dame fan in case you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved watching him at Notre Dame. He was just – he was crazy, dude. Absolutely crazy. The coaches even said so. One time a coach got in his face and was like blah, 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 just like ripping into him. So he's like, do it again on me. You know, sometimes coaches stand in front of you and like do it with me. Yeah, that Maybe coach never did that again. He leveled – the crap out of him and he went up to coach kelly afterwards he's like that was a bad mistake Woo, dude i could only imagine so De- i have dexter lawrence uh if he does drop that far being a steal at the number 26 pick even if he's not giving you eight nine ten sacks like albert hainsworth did for a little while like a, the big big boy with the sacks, he's going to be one of the most influential defensive tackles nose guards uh in the game of football for a long time. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and if you could go with an overrated player in the first round, one that you think will either go in the first round and shun it or is way too high on the draft boards, who would that be for you? Overrated player? Yeah. Um, you know, to be honest, I probably can't uh, think of one, but I will tell Sorry. you what has been surprising to me about this draft yeah. compared to recent ones is I don't see any stud skills players Dude, absolutely. in the first round. Like, I think the top receiver I've been seeing, and I guess you could put this as an overrated, is a DK Metcalf, and that's based off his combine. Dude, I know. I know. It's a joke. And, and now he's a freak. He's a definitely a freak of nature. But yeah. it's just kind of baffling. Like, last year we had Saquon. Like, there's no receivers that oh, are really yeah. jumping out, no running backs that yeah. are jumping out. It, um, that kind of surprises me. Yeah, Marquise Brown, I would say, is like the guy from Oklahoma. He runs like a deer. Mm-hmm. He glides like yeah, a deer. Yeah, yeah. He, he's got wheels. Like, if I'm taking somebody, I'm, I'm taking Marquise Brown any day of the week. But mm-hmm. on a lot of draft boards in the first round, some people have teams reaching for Josh Jacobs, the running back out yeah, of Yeah, he's Alabama. been the top back I've seen, and I'm like, if you're reaching in the first round for a Josh Jacobs, you're, you're G- making the wrong pick. You're GMing very poorly, um, mm-hmm. and you need to be fired very quickly. And whoever's putting him in the first round as a mock, uh, it's just a bad decision. Uh, Josh Jacobs is your typical Alabama running back mm-hmm. and who has had big holes made for him. But the vision is not quite there. And, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you just look at Henry, Ingram, Eddie Lacy, all those guys. I think Eddie Lacy was the big, best one out of them all. He just ate his well, way out of the NFL. Yeah. Well, Ingram's been the most successful. Yeah, he, but he has. might have been. He might have been doing a little sum sum. Ooh, a little juicy juice. For. Ooh, a little juicy <laughs> juice. 
Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, all right, dude, I know you're a Minnesota fan, so we're going to go with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota, who do they need? <laughs> Cute, man. <laughs> who do they need to take yeah. in the first round and why? Who do, who do they need to take? Yeah, um, you're ta- we're talking need. Like, who, who might be there all- and they definitely need to take them? Uh, I don't have a name, but it's definitely offensive line. Yeah. Um, I don't know who I've seen. Uh, I should have this, but uh, I've seen. I think it was the the O ta- the uh, the tackle from Alabama. Yeah. One of them. Um, he's been coming up a lot. Cody there, Ford from uh, Co- Oklahoma. Cody Ford has yeah. come up. Um, but there is a kind of ten- uh, tendency. I think we might, if not an offensive lineman, we might go for a cornerback. Yeah, because Zimmer likes to add to the defense, oh, like put in depth. That's how he is. Uh, and we just had like a couple injuries, and we're not sure how Xavier Rhodes is going to come back to Pro Bowl form or not. Yeah. So if not offensive line, it will be uh, a cornerback definitely. Yeah. Uh, a corner to look out for in the NFL, and ye- I'm trying to be as impartial as possible here. Um, I would say <laughs> this if he was on another team, but Julian Love for uh, the corner coming out of Notre Dame. Most people don't have him going in the first round right now, but he's very Richard Sherman-esque in his Uh shutdown ability. And he will always take the short side of the field. That's just how he is. But, man, if you can have a guy to shut down the short side of the field, you're doing well. I mean, it, it was successful in Seattle. You look at Clemson, when Notre Dame played Clemson, when Julian Lovell's on the field, uh, Trevor Lawrence was right around 50% completion percentage for 130 yards and no touchdowns. Um, he, because he was running with Justin Ross, who's the future Randy Moss, and he was also, yeah, he was also running with, uh, oh, I can't remember his name now. He's a great wide receiver. It's just Justin Ross had such an amazing playoffs. Um, uh, Higby, well, not his, Hig- uh, Higgins. Higgins, that's right. Yeah, that's right. he was running with Higgins. Those are those are top 10 wide receivers, like top 10 in the draft wide receivers he was running with, I think, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. if I don't think he's a reach for the first round. Uh, I think he's an early second-round pick. As a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, we need corners. Oh, Judas Priest, we need corners. So <laughs> <laughs> so that that's who I would want us to take. Um, don't have that steel curtain much anymore. Dude, oh my goodness, let's not talk about that. Yeah, our steel curtain broke his back. <laughs> literally. Glass door. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Same literally. Here. He broke his back. <laughs> uh, so, dude, I'm I'm happy you're jumping on boxes and stuff, but don't come back to football. Just uh, No, he, te- he doesn't need to come back. And teams don't, don't sign don't, him. It's going to be kind of like a uh, Chris Bosh yeah. kind of situation where nobody in the right mind is going to touch that oh they yeah absolutely. a position as like a coach or trainer or and something, I, i'd but, be happy with that because he's smart yeah so. but any team who's smart not going to risk that insurance dude, or absolutely. you know liability so. so all right well tim dude that was a good show man like we uh we went all over the place nba nfl mm-hmm. we even talked to little masters that's over a couple weeks old now uh-huh. and Tim before the show was like, "Hey man, just so you know, I still have jet lag and I have a little bit of crud and everything." He's like, "I don't know how long we're gonna go." I told him I was like, "Dude, 
30, 45 minutes, we're good. We're, we're sitting at 52 minutes, almost an hour uh, <laughs> on this show. Tim being a trooper, man. So I, I appreciate mm-hmm. it, dude. Good show. And no problem. I enjoyed it. Dude, absolutely. And, guys, with that, it's another show of Controversial Call, and we'll see you next time.